Hey everyone, welcome into Triple Vowel Podcast. Um, I'm your host Trev. I'm joined here by my co-host TP as well as El Jefe. Uh, on this show, we talk all things NFL, including you know sports betting, fantasy football, uh, matchup analysis, just anything and everything with the NFL, and especially our Dallas Cowboys. Um, so start this show off. We're going to be covering uh, Sunday and Monday. Um, everything's going on in the NFL between uh, you know those two days. Um, so I'm gonna talk to my co-host TP. How you doing? What's going on with you? Uh, Wizkid dropped and Nasir Jones dropped. Um, serious interlude and plenty loving. Just want to say those are two top tier tracks that I've basically listened to all. I'm, I'm gonna have to get on my Apple Music and check that out. You know later. Um, if you were you know. if you were a man of culture, you would have Spotify. <laughs> But if you two numb nuts knew anything, you'd have Tiger. Jay Z sold that, so you're not really supporting. You're supporting. I'm not supporting anything. I don't pay for shit. What's happening? Well, thank you you for the thank you for your music up there. I definitely will plan to check out um Wizkid and Nas's new albums. Um, Hefe, how about you? How you doing, man? I I plan to only check out Nas because Nas is that guy. Um. I don't know about this whole whiz kid, but I'm doing great. Um, I'm living a I'm living the dream, as I would always tell everybody at work. Uh, the Lord has blessed me with another day, and we are here. How y'all doing, man? Everything good. Everything good in the hood, except TP, man. Let's 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 get right into it. Let's not let's not waste any time, TP. Me and Trav got to talk to you because I, I think we both need to know what you were thinking on this Thursday night football game. We had the Falcons and we had the Panthers. And we tried to tell you. I think I might have even told you take a money line. But you didn't want to listen. How you feeling, TP? Let us know. Um, so I decided to buy some cortisone cream because all these itches that I've had <laughs> – pictures have not worked out so it's clear that I, I need to get some cortisone cream to you know handle and alleviate all these situations it's just not working out for me that was my mistake I I figured that the Falcons would be able to come through and beat on this Carolina Panthers team with you know backup but obviously I was incorrect like I have been a lot of times this season especially with my um Playmakers of the week as well. It's just, it's, just, it's just been a rough year so far, but we have another half of the season, and I plan to recover strongly. But you guys were correct. I will stand on that. I will stand on my hill of incorrectness. It's all good, man. Like you said, we we at the halfway point. We got we we still got time to make it up. And you know what I like to say? It's get back season. But Trev, man, how you feel? Our Panthers, they came through for us. Yeah, I was talking before the show, you know, Black Panther came out last night and Carolina Panthers, you know, won. Coincidence? I think not, you know, I think not. So um, shout out to the Panthers, um, the Black Panther and uh, Carolina Panthers. Handle business like like we all, like we all thought. um, That's all I got. the running back Carolina, man. I mean, this dude had a monster game. He had like 130 yards on the ground. Um, Foreman, huge game from him. Um, probably the biggest uh, 
fantasy output from um from both teams really. It was a pretty interesting game. It was a pretty interesting game. We we'll see what happens next Thursday with that matchup. But until then, we we kicking it off with some Sunday Sunday football. We got a couple teams on a bye week. A little bit half of the AFC North, half of the AFC East. Jets by uh, Jets on the bye week. Patriots on the bye week. Ravens on the bye week. Bengals on the bye week. But you know what? We kicking off with the first time in Germany. Got a first time for everything, they say. They say it's a first time for everything, don't they? We got the six and three Seattle Seahawks against the four and five Bucks. Tom Brady led Bucks. Oh, let's see. Geno, man, he's been putting on. Seattle, they have no problem winning. They have now won four straight games and look to continue that on a fifth straight game in Germany. And Brady, man, he finally got back in that win column after dropping, what, three straight games? Oof. Wasn't looking good for him for a second. But now he's back in first place in that division. But this is his first trip to Germany, too. I don't know how – I don't know how – can Brady fare out there? I mean, he's old. That that long plane ride. TP, man, roll me in with some stats. Look, it's Tom Brady, what we, what we believe to be Tom Brady's last season. Ironically, it happens to be the NFL's first time in Germany. I don't know if we're going to believe in some conspiracies, but I mean, what 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 a nice send off! What we were talking about the Third Reich, was it Hefe? We were talking about that earlier, Third Reich, Frank Reich, or you know, missing spaces or anything. But we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. But if we're going to talk about the Seahawks, Bucks, Geno Smith is my comeback player of the year. That's you know, aside from maybe Saquon Barkley, but I mean, it, it's 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 almost impossible not to love his story. Six and three, winning the last four. I mean, sorry, winning the four of the last five. Um, you know, Russell Wilson ends up in Denver, and we're assuming that the Seahawks are just going to fall by the wayside. Going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, and yet here we are talking about the Seahawks, one of the better teams in the NFL. And Geno Smith, comeback player of the year, or most improved player, however you want to look at it. Um, Tom Brady's not as limber as what he used to be, and he's got to be careful because this Seahawks team, they get after the quarterback. They are ranked fourth in sacks this season, but the Bucs are happy because they're going to have Antoine Winfield Jr. back. Well, at least he was on the practice field, so we'll see what happens. Um, he's going to have to match up with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, so it's going to have his hands full with those assignments. Um, I, I kind of want to talk about Kenneth Walker because, you know, as a rookie coming in for Rashad Penny, you know, nobody really knew what was going on, and yet he is rushing all over the NFL, and he's looking to make it six straight games with a rushing TD. Um, I mean, realistically, the Bucks they're not really putting up a bunch of points. They can move the ball up and down the field for sure, but they're just not putting up points, whereas this Seahawks team, um, they score a lot. <laughs> they score a lot. Geno Smith is really getting this offense moving around, so – I kind of want to side with the Seahawks here. But, I mean, if we're going to talk about NFL scripts and all that, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Buccaneers get this win. Um, can someone tell me what the spread is here for this game? What is three. the spread? In favor three. of Tampa Bay? Well, the spread is just three, but, yeah, it's in favor of Tampa Bay, yeah. Okay. Two and a half, three. Two and a half, three. Mm. I'm feeling lucky. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I'm going to go with the Seahawks here. I'm going with the Seahawks. Mark me down for the Seahawks. Oh, not bad, TP. 
Trev, man, you got any any props for us this week out in Germany? Any any fantasy talk that we need to go ahead and start for this whole Germany uh, matchup? Yeah, let me start with the easy stuff, or what I think is the easy stuff. Um, and that's going to be the player prop in this game slash fantasy. So Kenneth Walker, like you said, TP, he's had touchdowns in the past uh, six games. Amazing streak that he's on. I don't really see that slowing down. I mean, he is a strong, strong um, you know, running back and just a great, um, you know, scorer player of this offense, along with Geno Smith. Um, obviously, the receivers are great, too. But Pete Carroll, he's always been a guy that loves to the football. I mean, <laughs> let, let Russ Cook didn't come from, you know, um, you know, just letting Russ Cook. I mean, it came from he was running football so much and he just wasn't letting Russ um, cook up his own recipe. So, you know, he's always been a guy that has um, had running backs, stable of them, you know, solid running backs that have ran. So I like um Kenneth Walker the third, I like him to score a touchdown um, in this matchup. It's kind of um, a little juice. It's at minus 125 right now. I probably see this number increasing. So if you waited till uh, Sunday um, or even Saturday night since this game is so early um, on our time, um, I could see that number going up to like 135 or so. So I would take that, um, easily take that. DK Metcalf as well as Tyler Lockett are plus 165 and plus 170 respectively is for a touchdown. Um, I really wouldn't put too much into that. Just, I mean, they're, they're solid plays every week, but uh, definitely Kenneth Walker the third. Look for him to get a touchdown. Leonard Fournette is currently at plus 110. I'd like for him to get into the end zone too. Um, anytime the Bucks like to get into the red zone, especially the five-yard uh, line, uh, he's either looking for Mike Evans, Tom Brady is, or, he's, or they're just looking to kind of rush the football in there. So um, I like that play as well, Leonard Fournette plus 110. Um, fantasy football, what do I like here? Um, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, we got him, start him. They're both going to be solid fantasy starters. We have to start Kenneth Walker every weekend. Unfortunately, even though he hasn't been, you know, uh, spectacular, you got to start Fournette every week. Um, so that's what I got. Um, I like those plays. As far as sides for this game, for this matchup, I'm, I'm staying off of it. I, I guess I would lean um, Tampa Bay. Um, you know, you've got to – International star and Tom Brady coming overseas. I would, I'd probably lean that side, but um, the way they've been playing and uh, these spreads is just difficult to even want to take them. So I have no official play on it, but I lean Tampa Bay just to win the matchup. Why are we always okay? Well, why can't we be a unit? Why can't we pick the same team? Uh, because that's that's not how this works. But no. what I will tell you is TP. I am riding with you on this one instead of Trev. I do like Seattle to come out of this matchup. I will have to back Gino here in Germany. Gino, Germany, it just works. It just goes together. Just I, I see it. I foresee it. I'm, I'm looking into the future. Let's go, Gino. First time for everything. You know what they say. All right, fellas, let's, let's get right into the 1 p.m. games. We got the Lions at the Bears. This is the battle to stay out of last place. Well, since 2018, the Bears have straight up dominated this 7-1 and one straight up against the Lions. And the Lions come into this matchup 0-3 on the road this season. Uh, it's, not, it's not looking good for the Lions this season. And the Bears, they've been starting to play a little bit better, and they made a couple trades recently. I don't know. TP, man, roll me in with some stats. We are looking at the king of the jungle versus the king of the forest, maybe. I don't know what the bears are the kings of, but 
if I can think of anything there, they Justin Fields is the king of running on the ground because, I mean, what, what we're looking at, we're looking at the evolution of Justin Fields. And, I mean, with the addition of Chase Claypool, I mean, you know, he's opening up the field for Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, who caught two touchdowns last week. Um, you know, Mike McDaniel asked Justin Fields mid-game. He was like, hey, hey, buddy, can you, can you stop running the ball? I think he had 175 last week. I think Justin Fields is one of the only quarterback in the history to have four TDs where he threw for three and ran for one. Sorry, he ran um, 178 last week. Um, I mean, the Bears are missing Roquan Smith on defense. But, I mean, realistically, what we're looking at for last week, the Dolphins, they're a high-powered offense. And the Bears only lost by three, 35-32. Um, this Detroit offense, they're pretty high-powered. They, they got Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift is back as well. Um, but they're going to be missing Kirby Joseph, who picked off Aaron Rodgers twice last week. So I am looking for Justin Herbert to sort of capitalize on the Detroit Lions missing a key piece in their defensive secondary. Um, if Justin Fields can really get, you know, acclimated with Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney, who also scored a touchdown last week, and he can find a safety net, Cole Komet, I would not be surprised if if the Chicago bears continue their dominance against Detroit, um, despite Detroit starting off the season, you know, ranked number one in offense for X amount of weeks. I, I think, I think I like Chicago here. I like Chicago. FA, you know, they, they history's on their side right here. The lines have kind of tapered off. I know Dan Campbell's trying to find some answers, but I think I like Chicago here. I think Chicago's getting better week over week. Justin Fields is getting better week over week, even though they're missing some pieces that they used to have. Um, we still have Herbert. We still have David Montgomery on the offense side of the ball. I think that offense is kind of putting some things together. And I I, I think I'm going to rock with Chicago this week. Well, well, TP, you know what? I'll tell you what. You did it again. You, you did it again. Although – the Chicago is 0-2 in the division this year. And the Lions had just dropped five straight, and they finally won a game. They're getting back in the loss column this week. I am riding it with you. I like Chicago this week to get it done. I don't see it any other way. I just I, – I, I don't – I just – Trev, man, roll, roll in. I see, it. I see it. I see it another way. I see it a couple ways, to be honest with you guys. I see Chicago – probably dominating most of this game, particularly on the ground. I mean, this Lions defense is just horrific. I definitely see Chicago dominating, but then I also see a backdoor cover. Just they've dominated enough. They're not trying to win a lot of games, really, this year particularly. They know what their plan is as an organization. They've got uh, a lot of draft picks. They've got a young quarterback who's getting paid, you know, pennies compared to, you know, what he probably will be in a few years. Um, They're looking to build this team up and not win a lot of football games, so I wouldn't be surprised if they got up and just took it easy, so to speak. They don't necessarily want Fields to get hurt or anything like that. And then Detroit comes in and, you know, before you know it, they've scored seven, ten points and cover, cover or a win. So I really see this game going um, either way, to be honest with you both. Um, total is pretty high, but that total is based on how Chicago has been playing this past few weeks. Um, and that Miami game, I think people thought, you know, okay, Fields has been running. They've been doing different things. And, you know, um, that game went over. The Dallas game, that game went well over the total. Highest scoring game in the NFL season. So at 48 and a half points, um, that's a bit high. Um, but I could see ways where it can go over. Detroit's offense has looked at points 
at time in this season, just, you know, complete monsters. <laughs> and then uh, you look at the past few weeks, uh, they haven't dominated. You look at New England, they put up zero points. You look at uh, when they play Green Bay, they put up less than uh, 20 points. So um, you really don't know which direction this is going. I think the odds makers are just hoping people take the over and then this game somehow, you know, goes under. But I got to lean Chicago. I mean, just because they have looked good. Um, they were in a close matchup last week and they covered that spread. Um, that spread was at plus four. Um, so I want to pick Chicago again to cover. I do think Detroit has a, just a lot of things to figure out. They traded away their um, one of their top pass catchers uh, in TJ Hawkinson. So I do think that, you know, this team is just um, is a little bit in disarray. And I think people are just kind of caught on that. You know, early season when Detroit was scoring a lot of points and covering spreads, uh, I, I see a lot of reasons that Chicago can cover. But like I said, I can see a back and recover um, just as easily. Um, in terms of fantasy, Justin Fields, man, like you said, TP, I mean, this dude has been running all over NFL defenses. Uh, looks like he cannot be stopped, cannot be contained. Um, and then I like the sun god himself, uh, Amira St. Brown on Detroit. Um, I think he's a true wide receiver one. I know he got injured a few weeks back, uh, high ankle sprain. So he's getting healthier every week. Um, and I kind of look for him to just kind of return to, you know, where he was at a little bit earlier in the season, you know, putting up monster numbers and games. Um, he hasn't received like less than like seven to nine targets um, in, in all the games he's played this year that he's been healthy for. So, and that he's finished the game to completion. So I do look for, you know, him to bounce back. The Chicago defense is not the same defense that really started out the year. Like you said, they traded away Roquan Smith. Um, so I'll look at Chicago. Um, I'll go with you guys on that one. And uh, no other plays uh, right now. So that's what I got. All right. We're all, we're all on board with the shot, babies. All right. Um, moving right along, we got the Denver Broncos at the Titans. The three and five Broncos at the five and three Titans. And in, in the last five seasons, Denver is four and one against the spread and three and two straight up after their bye week. Titans have won three out of four of the past. I'm sorry, three. Yeah, three of the past four meetings against Denver. And Russell Wilson, man, he's just two TDs away from that 300 mark. TP, roll me in with some stats. So, look, I just want all the listeners to know that one of my partners, I'm not going to say which one. I'm going to let you guys guess, okay? My partner, one of my partners made sure that I was aware that Derrick Henry, his favorite running back, aside from Tony Pollard. So let, let's, yeah, you know, I'll give you a hint there. Derrick Henry is the favorite running back other than Tony Pollard, okay? He's going for a sixth straight 100-yard game. And the Broncos, you know, they don't really give up yards in the air. But it's a good thing that Ryan Tannehill, all he has to do is hand off the ball to one of the most dominant running backs of our time, okay? So that that's just that's just where we should be at mentally right now. Derrick Henry is going to be running the ball. He's going for six straight. I'm gonna let you guys guess which one of the uh co- one of my co-hosts wanted to make sure that I knew that stat. Okay, I'm gonna let you guys guess. Okay, now outside from that, the Titans are gonna be missing Jeffrey Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, Amani Hooker, and Zach Cunningham. Okay, four starters on their defense. Um, so Denver might try might try to capitalize on this. I think it's going to be a quick grind-out game. Um, I don't really think Denver is going to have enough, even though Russell Wilson, you know, is supposed to be the the big guy in Denver. They have, Denver really hasn't looked good this year. They haven't really impressed me. 
And I think Tennessee is just going to grind them into the dirt. Derrick Henry going for his six 100-yard game. I think he is going to get that. And I'm going to go Tennessee here. Tennessee beats out Denver here. I do want to thank I do I do want to thank my co-host for uh, letting me know that because without that I would have been just completely lost on the analysis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whoever whoever that was, you know, between me and Hefe, I mean, I guess we'll never know. I mean, TP wise, very very, <laughs> no, very wise information because you know we were we were talking about it. And I was like, oh, we into something. We will just never know. It will be a mystery for the world to solve. Trev, man, let me ask you a question, though. Go ahead. Do you have any prop bets for the beast, Derek? So, I like Derek Henry. Um, Hefe, you know this. We play in the same fantasy league. You know I have Derek Henry on my fantasy team. I hope he always does well. Um, I'm sorry. I just got distracted. There is <laughs> There's an image on my screen that, that I did not um, expect to see. Anyways, back to the program. Yeah, so, you know, Hefe, we have uh, the same fantasy league, you know, uh, where league makes there. And I have Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry is uh, awesome. He's been awesome for me. He's been dominating. I still think that he will be awesome. I just don't think that – I won't say the Titans won't win. I won't say that. I will not say that. But if we're looking at sides, I definitely see a lot of reasons to look at the Denver Broncos at plus two and a half. So Denver is coming off of this game uh, after a much-needed bye, um, and they won the previous game, um, you know, um, before the bye week. So they are probably rested and ready. I hope this was a good opportunity for Denver to really figure out this offense, you know, um, and how it's going to operate. I know Russell Wilson's been beat up. Uh, You know, there's so many factors. But I say that I'm looking at Denver plus two and a half, for reasons that Hefe um, mentioned earlier, you know, Russell Wilson's two touchdowns away from, you know, being able to uh, break the record, uh, not break the record, will, um, you know, set that 300-yard passing down, uh, 300 passing touchdown milestone. Huge, 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 huge. And I'm sure a lot of analysts are looking for that as well. Um, that's two That's two touchdowns, essentially, you know, 14 points right there. And um, I just don't see this being particularly a high-scoring matchup. I think it comes down to maybe a field goal or so. Um, this Broncos team, this offense has not put up a lot of points, but they've been relatively good defensively. Um, teams don't really score a bunch of points on them. So uh, Tennessee's won five straight um, prior to losing to Kansas City on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Tennessee is a little bit of a phony team. Um, yeah, they stayed in that game against Kansas City, but, I mean, Kansas City had, like, two missed field goals. Like, just, just some missed opportunities, honestly. So – I don't know who they're starting, if it's Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis. If they're starting Willis, there is – I'm sorry. I don't think there's really any real way other than if the Denver Broncos offense just can't get any points at all on the board that the Broncos lose this game. I mean, Willis is just not – he hasn't fully matured as a quarterback in the NFL at this point in time. So, I lean the Denver Broncos plus two and a half. Not saying they'll win, but I do think that they could cover uh, the spread. So. That's that's what I got. Um, no particular player props or anything like that. I just I just like Denver plus the two and a half right here in this spot. Well, you know, at first I was gonna go with TP, but you know, I got I got this I got this little I got this little hint, and I can't say where it's from because I don't want them to realize where I saw it. Because if this happens, I'm gonna start looking for this, and I'm gonna I think I figured it out. I'm gonna take Denver. 
I'm going to have to ride with Trev this week. I think Denver goes in here, and I think they win. And if that happens this week, I'm all, I just know I'm not going to mention who it is, but I'm on to you guys. I see what you're doing. You did it early, too early, and I caught it. So I'm not going to mention. I don't, I don't who know. Who, I don't know who he's who he's talking to or referring to, but um, apparently he saw you guys. So just just be on the lookout, everyone, for that. No, I saw it, and if it happens, I saw it, and I'm going to be looking. I'm on the lookout, but until then, because I'm we going we going to figure this one out. But let's get into the Jags and and the Chiefs, man. Trevor Lawrence, TP's little pretty boy. Hey, the Jags, man, they look to build off that win last week. <laughs> hey. Don't talk about don't talk about the law. Don't talk about the law. It's okay. Don't worry. Mahomes owns a two and zero overall record against the Jags in the regular season, but has never played the six and twenty overall Trevor Lawrence in the NFL. TP man, roll me in with some stats. So it may not be a lot of stats, but I do have some interesting. Uh, I have an interesting thought here. Okay, I want to ask. How do you guys think that Andy Reid? How do you how do you guys think Andy Reid feels about never winning a Super Bowl in Philadelphia, right? But you know, Doug Peterson ultimately inherited what Andy Reid set up, and then he went to Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Andy Reid spent his entire career out there in Philadelphia. I mean, I guess it may not be as bad because he went to Kansas City, but like, I, you know, I, I'm just curious. What do you guys think? What do you guys think that interaction is? Because if I'm Dougie P, I'm looking at him like, hey, man, I know. I, I know. I know, man. Like, I did it. I did it. Man, that man don't give it. Oh, he got one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback of all time coaching right now. And uh, what's his name? Coach, um, who's the backup? Uh, I can't think of his name right now. It's my big um, I would not say that at all. Um, Sorry, I, I, your, your uh, words, your words, but uh, oh, they're your oh, words. That's what they call them. Under a hey, look, he's the under man, investigation. The man, the man, yeah, the man they built the trophy for that man. Um, and not blanking, but Foles, Nick Foles. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think Andy Reid gives an F, man. I mean, he had a lot of success in Philly. Obviously, he didn't win the Super Bowl, but you know, he's coaching Patrick Mahomes and. They've been to two Super Bowls, and they will probably get to uh, a third one at some point if, and probably win it, too. It's probably a good chance they could win it. Uh, they're a perennial playoff team. They're going to be in the playoffs every year. I don't think he gets enough, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, just, yeah. just, just, just a quick question. I just wanted to Coaching yeah. a generational talent. I don't yeah, think I mean, <laughs> and, and to just add to what Trev said, man, I, I, I don't I, – does he care? Maybe. But I don't think he cares to the extent that – anybody else would because his success in Kansas City is just that much better. Like Trev said, he's got a generational talent in, in Mahomes. And he had Tyree Kill. Let us not forget, he had the Cheetah. Like, he's had all this success in Kansas City. I, I think the Eagles to him is just a thing of the past. And hopefully this year and, all, and this whole, eight, what is it, eight no start, like uh, my guy, my guy and y'all's guy, Jimmy Johnson said, they're on a downward trend soon. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Just wait on it. It's coming. Don't worry. It's coming. But there's your answer. Yeah, no, no, I, sorry, my bad. I, I, I might have got a little bit too sentimental. But 
I mean, what what we're looking at, the Chiefs may be without uh, McCall Hartman, but I mean, realistically, it's going to be the next man up, and we have Kadavius Tony, who came from New York, didn't really play much, but I think he's going to get a little bit more involvement this week. Um, it's interesting because the Kansas City Chiefs, what I discovered, they actually give up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. And so Trevor Lawrence may get really active. And then he also has Travis Etienne. But I, I personally just look at Kansas City's offense, and I think that they're just going to be overwhelming for this Jacksonville team, despite how I feel about Trevor Lawrence. Um, it, it's it's not his time to take it, – it's not time for Dougie P to take over and, you know, upset Andy Reid here. I think Kansas City steals – not steals, I think Kansas City just outright beats them. Just beats them to a pulp. I think that's where we're going with this. This game here. Okay, uh, Trev, man, you got any any props, any any fantasy intake for us on this one? Travis Etienne, Travis Etienne, and Travis Etienne. That's 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 the fantasy. Uh, oh, hey, right Trev, there. I think somebody in the back missed that last one. What'd you say again? All right, I'll spell it out this time. Um, I'll say it real slow. Travis. ETN Jr. Appreciate you got that part. No problem. Um, yeah, Travis ETN Jr., uh, like you said, TP, I mean, this guy has been um, a breath of fresh air for the Jags offense on the ground. I mean, he's been sensational. And, um, yeah, he's T-Law's guy. He's T-Law's guy in college. He's T-Law's guy in the pros. I think that they'll lean on him a lot. I think he'll touch the ball at least 20 times in this game. And hopefully he'll score a touchdown. Um, I like this kid. I think he'll do really well and do good things. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs, at the end of the day, smack Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't, I don't think it's too hard. I, I just think that's what's going to happen. Um, this Jaguars team, although it is on the up and up, um, you know, just improving, getting better, I don't think that they are ready to – I, I don't I don't I don't envision them beating um Chiefs. The way this team plays, the way they adjust, the way they, you know, are they get in the situations and um, you know, they, they just make plans to come back. Like I watch their games and I'm just like, okay, they're they're, they're gonna come back. I never watch them and when they get down I'm like, oh crap, it might be over or they might lose. Like I don't normally think that when I watch Kansas City play. And I don't think that they will lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's where I stand on it. Um Mahomes is gonna do his thing. Um, no particular player props on the receivers. Um, just Travis Etienne. I like him. I think he'll do pretty well in this matchup. I mean, look what Henry did last week. So, And they knew they were going to run the ball with, with Derrick Henry. There was no question what they were going to do. And he still did his thing. So. Yeah, you know, and I got to agree with you guys. I, I just don't see a way the Jags get this one done. Um, I don't think it'll be a pretty sight for – like I said earlier, TP's pretty boy Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I'm, I and the, I'm the Chiefs uh, are the Chiefs. The Chiefs are nine and a half um, point favorites right now in this matchup. They were thirteen point favorites essentially against the Titans. So kind of way the two. You know, do you, do you think the Titans are, are a better team than the Jaguars? And you know, obviously they lowered it because Kansas City didn't cover that spread. But you know, think about that. That's what I think about. Yeah, I mean that's a very interesting point too you got there. Uh, but you know, let's go. Let's go ahead. Let's get right into the next matchup. We got the three and five Browns at the six and three Dolphins. The Browns are three and two straight up in 
and ooh, one and four against the spread off a of bye week in the last five seasons. And Tua man started the season three and zero, left three weeks. All right, I'm back though. Came back, ran off three straight. Now he's looking for his fourth straight win. And the Browns, man, they they finally got him back on track last week. Can they make it two straight? Right now, I think currently this spread, let's see, this spread sits at, oh, do they not have it on the books anymore? Did they take it off the books? I don't see it on the, oh, no, there it is, minus three and a half. I think the Dolphins coming, or they're at home, I'm sorry, I think the the Browns come in here and get dominated. I, What's his name? Um, Sean's not back. It's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they have a chance. TP though, man, give me, give me, give me a way, give me a way out. Look, show man, me the, show look, me some light. Look, I know you said they don't have Deshaun. We are inching closer to the masseuse maniac. Okay, <laughs> we understand what is going to happen, and realistically, because it's about seventy degrees where you are right, where we are right now. Okay, so let's let's just let's just imagine how it feels in Miami when they when they play. Okay. Amari Cooper is going to be – are they playing in Miami? I want to say they're playing in Miami, correct? Yeah, it's the home game yeah. in Miami. Yeah, so Amari Cooper, he he loves warm weather. He's going to ball out. He's coming off um, his best performance last week in Cleveland or with Cleveland. So, you know, what what's to say that he won't get busy again this week, okay? We also have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, that, that two-headed monster is going to go through that Miami defense. But but I will say is that this Miami offense is just very electric right now. Um, you know, now that Tua he sat the CTE back on Antonio Brown's plate, you know, we we don't really have to worry about him. They've won it, they've won three straight again. He's going for four straight. Um, even though Cleveland's coming off a pretty dominant performance against Cincinnati, I don't think Miami's gonna be turning the ball over like that Cincinnati team did. Um, we're also looking at a game where Tyreek Hill only needs eighty six more yards to break Julio Jones receiving record through 10 games at 1,190 yards. So, I mean, let, let's just let's just be honest here and expect that Tyreek Hill will be targeted. But that's not to say that Jalen that Jalen Waddle won't get the ball as well. Now, Cleveland is going to be getting Denzel Ward back. But, I mean, those two players themselves, they're going to be a hell of an assignment for him to, have to take care of. You know, because, you know, I don't know if he's going to be traveling with just Tyreek. He's going to be going back and forth. He's going to have his hands full, okay? Um, the Browns are also going to be without David Njoku this week. I personally, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Browns with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I like those guys. I always end up drafting in the fantasy football. Not necessarily a big masseuse guy. <laughs> no offense to Sean, but I'm going to go Miami here. Miami's just, their offense is just way too high powered, to be honest. They're just, they're, they've got more than what Cleveland has to offer. And I don't think two of them are going to turn the ball over like Cincinnati did last week. Yeah, Trev, roll me in. Yeah, I'm gonna, go with, I'm gonna go with TP. Let me start with the uh, with with the betting with the the analytics on that shit. So I like I like Miami here. Miami plays so much better when they're at home, um, offensively, but primarily defensively. They they uh, their defense does not travel well, unfortunately, uh, but they seem to turn up uh, when they come back home. So you mentioned some cool things, TP. You mentioned um, Amari, how he'll probably do in the warm weather. I have my piece about that that I'll get to in a second. And then you mentioned uh, Tyree Kill. 
approaching uh, Julio Jones' record across 10 games in the season. So I definitely think there will be a concerted effort to get Tyreek Ball. Um, I think Miami is looking for, you know, just some good publicity like that for the receivers. And they want to make this acquisition, this Austin acquisition, worth it. You know, like, look, we we drafted, you know, we, we traded for a guy, paid him, and they broke these records. So we made the right decision. That's big for GMs. That's big for front offices. They want that type of thing um, going on. As for uh, Amari Cooper, he's a player, uh, well, particularly when he was in Dallas, he did not, uh, he he was one of those guys that didn't travel well, meaning like he played better at home than he did on the road um, and matchers. For whatever reason, he just kind of disappeared, just, you know, never happened, happened. Other guys caught the ball instead. Um, so I do worry about him a little bit. I kind of looked up some of his information um, home on the road this year. Um I definitely think there was a huge, you know, gap or difference when he was in Dallas. So it doesn't look as extreme this year, but um, just something I look at. I do think the Cleveland Browns are going to be throwing to catch up in this game, but their strength is not throwing the football, at least not right now. It's definitely running it, and it goes through Chubb um, at the moment. Um, so I don't, I don't see this as a game that they keep particularly close. I do think that just because Miami um, did not cover this past week. Uh, I think that uh, against Chicago, I think that's definitely a reason why the spread is a little bit uh, small like this. But I like Miami at home. I want to take them at home. Uh, minus the three. I think I saw three and a half right now. So I'm, I'm going to go with that. Minus three and a half. Who knows what this offense will look like in another week or so when uh, Deshaun Watson returns. I believe he is eligible and he's going to be playing uh, his first game against the Houston Texans, which will be interesting. <laughs> It'll be interesting to say the least. So that that'll that be quite the matchup to watch. But I wonder how the offense will differ. You know, what what type of stuff will they um will they run? What will the play calling be like? But um yeah, that's my pick for it. I don't um I I'm, I want to see the split between Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. So I don't even want to really get into the rushing stats. Um Jeff Wilson actually outsnapped Raheem Mostert um in the most uh recent games. He had fifty percent of the snaps where Raheem Mostert actually had a uh, 47%. So um, pretty, pretty just interesting how that happened, um, especially for a guy that just got there. Obviously, he's familiar with some of the coaching and, um, you know, the schemes that they're running. But just interesting, you know, a guy that's been, you know, dominating the snaps and then he only gets, uh, you know, less than half is, is very interesting. But I like Tyreek Hill here, um, but I, I don't necessarily want to take anything here. But official, I'll go Miami minus, um, minus three, three and a half. Okay, looks like we all riding the Dolphins here. Let's get right into that next game. I'm sorry. Jeff Wilson scored last week, right? Yeah, yeah, he got touchdown. Trying to make sure. Yes, sir. Let's get right into that next game. We have the one six and one Texans against the six and two Giants. Now, the Giants in recent history off their bye week haven't done so well. They are two and three straight up and against the spread in the last five seasons. But after losing the game right before their bye week, Giants look to get back on track against this Houston team that's now lost three straight games. And let us not forget, fellas, Davis Mills brings in a historic, and I mean historic record, into this matchup at 3-16-1. Straight up. TP, man. Get us into some stats. Now, I thought about this, right? I was sitting there, and I was like, there's no way that the New York football giants, the G-men, lose to this Texans team, right? We always talk about, or at least I always talk about, 
how bad the AFC South is. But I mean, who's to say that Damian Pierce doesn't doesn't build on his rookie campaign? You know, he had 139, 139 yards against Philadelphia. Who said he doesn't tread upwards like him traveling from Philadelphia to New York, right? To the Meadowlands. Sorry, that's New Jersey. I'm not impressed with geography. Well, that was, a, that, was, that was actually a home game last week. They were playing in Houston. Um, okay, so, so we are so we are traveling up, but we are traveling up, but this is good. This is good. So I am good with geography. I just had the wrong location. I mean, it happens. Um, it it looks like Xavier McKinney is out. I I I found out. Or we found out that he went on vacation and injured himself. I thought that the Giants learned a thing or two about having their players go on vacation. <laughs> during important games or during the season, but I guess not. Man is always doomed to repeat himself from what I understand. The Giants also will be without Evan Neal. So, you know, Daniel Jones may feel a little bit more pressure on the offensive line. Um, Daniel Jones ends up getting sacked a lot. I don't know if there's going to be a situation where the Texans actually can apply pressure because Daniel Jones does tend to get a little slippery, so he does tend to get away from all the situations. And for what it's worth, Saquon Barkley, aside from Geno Smith, is my comeback player of the year. And they do play a lot of – and they do run a lot of their plays through Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, for what it's worth, is their offense. Um, I don't know if Kenny, Kenny Galladay is really ready. This G-Men offense has really never had a full receiver room of healthy receivers. But I am confident that the Giants are going to beat this Houston Texans team. Um, there's not really much to it. The Texans don't really have much. I know, Hefe, you're pretty big on Davis Mills. I, I still don't really understand why. Is there a real reason why you're big on Davis Mills? Is it just like a name thing? Because I mean, like I used, I love Nick Van Axel. Um, I just, I just like his name. That, that's really all it is. I mean, George, other than that, there's, there's nothing more to it. Like George T. Dexter Coakley. I like, I, lo- I love those guys' names. Former Cowboys. But like, you know. <laughs> Davis Mills, that's the reason. The Giants are going to run over this team. They're going to run over the Texans. And I swear to God, if the Giants lose, A, I'll be happy because the NFC is upon it, but I'll deal with that. But I promise you, I'm cursed on this podcast. I'm going to stop picking games. Uh, hey, Trev, man, you got any, any props for us in this one? Any fantasy? So- before I mention any props or fantasy or anything, I just want to say, I think the Giants' game plan here is just to run, 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 play action that turns into a Daniel Jones run. Like, uh, so I, I definitely think there will be concerted effort to not um, really keep this game close at all. When I watch the Eagles game, you know, a lot of people are impressed that Houston actually scored on the first drive of the game, something they have not done at any point during the season so far. I, in my opinion, you know, I was like, okay, this is exactly what they want. You know, everyone put a lot of money on the first quarter, you know, in that game, first half, because they figured the Eagles would kind of come out hot, but maybe they don't cover the full game. And then you have a situation where, you know, they probably, I don't know, I'm just theorizing. They tell the players, so, hey, you know, just take it easy, you know, kind of let them score on the first drive, get them into it. And stuff like that gives teams confidence. It was impressive that they were able to do that. And, they covered the spread, uh, you know, against a really good um, Philadelphia football uh, team, the Eagles, and they're undefeated. So there's no doubt they were going to lose the game. Um, the Eagles, I didn't, I mean, I didn't think they were going to lose at all, but they, um, 
it was just the fact of how close they kind of kept it, even going into halftime, um, how close they actually kept that game. So I do think Houston can hang in this game. And I think the best way for uh, New York to really get out of it is just going to be to run the football. Just burn time off the clock. It's um, You got one of the best rushers in the NFL. Um, your quarterback can rush too. I think that's how they beat them. I just think this is a lot of points to lay right now. Um, I'm leaning Houston. Nothing official. Um, that's that's what I got here. Nothing in particular stands out for fantasy. Obviously, we know the main guys to start um, being the running backs from both teams. Uh, Daniel Jones, if you, you know your quarterback's on by, maybe he sneaks into the end zone. Um, he'll definitely be rushing a little bit. Um, yeah, there's there's just a lot going on. It's a lot lot going on. So. Yeah, uh, I, I lean Houston to cover this spread. I mean, I lean Houston. They cover. They covered against the only other um, NFC opponent they played this year, which was the Eagles. Um, so I don't necessarily want to take the Giants um, in this spot. I do think they win the game, though. Yeah, I do think the Giants they get back to business this week, and I'm I'm gonna ride with them. Let's get into the next 1 p.m. game. We have the what three and five Saints against the two and six Steelers. And the Steelers, they're five and one straight up and three and three against the spread off a of bye week in the last five seasons. And here's something interesting that I saw. The winning team of this matchup in the last five of six times has scored at least 31 points. That's crazy. Because when I look at these teams, I don't know. I don't know if they could get that high this time. I don't know if either team could get that high. But you know what, man? The Saints – they're looking to stay in that NFC South race. Try they're trying to get the first place while the Steelers, man, I think they're just they're just waiting for this season to be over. It's 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 almost all she wrote. But they're at home off the bye week. They got Mike Tomlin. We know how he wants to, you know, continue that five uh five hundred streak. So TP, man, roll me in with some statues. Do we see them winning? They're currently uh the, they got the Saints at one and a half on this on this uh close game matchup. What are we looking at? I mean, we 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 know as a collective that you know Pittsburgh was looking for an answer at quarterback, but Kenny Pickett, two touchdowns to eight interceptions. It doesn't it doesn't really look good for Pittsburgh right now. I don't know how patient they're gonna be. That Pittsburgh crowd is kind of used to winning. As as you said earlier, Hefe. Um, you know. Tomlin wants to get that five run season. He's definitely not going to get that this year. Um, Najee Harris, look at me, or listen to me. Najee, you know better. You know what you did. Don't do it again. If there's a first down marker, no reason for you to dance around. <laughs> no need to do that. Run straight ahead. We know north to south, east to west. We don't, we don't do all the excess. We just get to the first down mark, okay? You know, you know better. Um, both teams are coming about coming off of embarrassing losses, but Pittsburgh, for what it's worth, looks significantly worse than New Orleans this year. Um, New Orleans has been pretty competitive, even though they haven't had um James Winston. Andy Dalton looks he's competent as a as a backup quarterback. But let's look at what's going on. The Saints offensive line gave up four sacks last week to Baltimore. Pittsburgh may be looking to try to build up upon that. Um, the Saints are also going to be without Marshawn Lattimore and Jarvis Landry. I mean, they're going to be without Michael Thomas as well the entire season. But I think that with the combination of Alvin Kamara, um, Chris Salave, Taysom Hill, and Andy Dalton, you know, he, he's found ways to deliver the ball when needed to be in tight spots. 
I do think that this New Orleans Saints team is going to beat this Pittsburgh team. I'm, I'm sorry, Mike Tomlin. Um, it seems that your streak of you know 500, it, it's over. I'm, I'm going with New Orleans here. All right. Well, Trev, man, roll me in with some props, some fantasy talk. What, what you got for us? Um, I like the Steelers in this situation. You gave what? a pretty good stat, Hefe, about the Steelers coming off the bye. I think Tomlin is going to have this team more prepared versus, what's his name, Dennis Allen, the head coach of uh, New Orleans. Um, New Orleans has been an interesting team this year. They have been able to skunk teams like the Vegas uh, uh, Las Vegas Raiders that clearly look better on paper, but, you know, they've also been in complete, you know, dud spots at the same time. I mean, Baltimore handled them pretty pretty well um, this past uh, Monday on Monday Night Football. So you've got a Steelers team that, you know, has not been playing well, you know, really this year at all. And then you mentioned TP, um, you know, uh, they're missing a lot of people on the Saints. You know, Marshawn Lattimore is going to be missing. Uh, Michael Thomas is done for the year. I think Jarvis Landry is out. All this has been true for like the past couple of games as well. And they still have played to a you know certain level. So uh, I do believe uh they're getting the linebacker back, TJ Watt, in this game. Um correct me if I'm wrong in there. But yeah, I, I just think this is a spot where the game could particularly be close. Um, but I, I think it's just a matter of coaching here, like who has the most experience. And I don't think that the Steelers will show up flat this week. I, I really don't think they will. So I lean Pittsburgh here. Um, I haven't really taken Pittsburgh uh, too many times um, this particular you know season, but I think they can bounce back, especially coming off a bye. Um, you've got a young quarterback. The team knows this. They know that this season is, you know, they're not expecting a playoff spot, especially because that division is so tough. But, you know, I do think they'll come in and compete against the New Orleans Saints. And uh, laying plus one and a half, you're asking them to win which I think they can do. I mean, um, they've been bigger dogs before. Um, you look at the matchup with Tampa Bay, they were 13-point dogs, and, you know, uh, not only did they cover, they straight up won as well. So I do think that this team is, is able to um, to compete um, and, and potentially win against the New Orleans Saints. So I'm going to go with uh, Pittsburgh plus uh, one and a half. Uh, no particular player props or um, – Fantasy options that stand out. Obviously, they're the obvious ones. Chris Olave, uh, unfortunately, Najee Harris, because you're probably gonna have to start him just based on Barat in the season. Um, yeah, that's that's really about it. And you know what, though, uh, I think I think you're right, uh, Trev Tomlin. He gets these boys prepared after the bye week. Uh, I know it's been a disappointing season, and and TP, you know, I, I think you're right too. This might be his first season under 500. Um, but I can't, I cannot bet with Andy Dalton. I just, I just can't, I, I just, I've seen him on the Cowboys. I've seen what he can do and he just doesn't make me money. Mike Tomlin, he's made me money in the past. It's five and one straight up off the bye. I'm going to have to ride with that. I got to do it. I'd speak to on the same side. All right just not in my favor, so. It's all right. We got we got a matchup that I I just don't understand how how the sports people made this schedule and put this here game at one o'clock. Just doesn't make sense to me. We got the seven and one red hot seven and one Vikings against the six and two Bills. 
I should be watching this on Sunday, Monday night. But I got to watch it at one. This is crazy. And like I said, we got the Red Hot Vikings traveling to Buffalo in search of their sixth straight win. And yet it's at one o'clock. While Buffalo, who's three and three and O at home this season, they look to get back on track after losing to the Jets. And these QBs, and they've only met one time before. Uh, it was Kirk Cousins' uh, season. Can't even read. First season as a Viking and Josh Allen's rookie season. Josh Allen, man, he he dominated. Dominated. But the problem here is my guy, my MVP candidate, he's hurt. He's been he's been, he's been hurt all week, and they don't know if he's playing, and that concerns me. When I first looked at this spread early in the week, I don't know if either one of y'all saw this. It was at like eight, and I think it's it's dropped since. So where are we three. at? We at three. we're at three. Yeah, and I mean I I get it. I understand it. I don't even know who their backup is. Case Keenum. I was gonna say I'm gonna let yes, Case Keenum. No, no, I know who their backup is, but I'm saying I don't know who their backup is because I don't know what he can do with that team. I don't believe he can win with that team. I don't believe in Case Keenum. I need Josh. But TP, man, give me some stats to make me believe that Case Keenum, if he is placed in the ring, can knock the Vikings down. I mean, we have to look at what the Vikings did last week, right? The Vikings were in a, in a grind-out game with the Washington Commanders. Now, are we going to say that the Commanders are an elite team? Yes or no? <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. I don't know if that's a rhetorical question, but I'm going to answer it. Absolutely no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't, it wasn't Got to agree with Hefe. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't rhetorical at all. I mean, let's 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 just be clear about it. Let's, let's be realistic here. The Vikings, even though they're 7-1, and one, and, you know, we, we, we come week in, week out, we question whether this Vikings team is is a legit team. I mean, it's difficult to say that they're not a legit team. They're seven and one. They go in and they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. But they struggled with a commanders team that's running with a backup. Granted, that backup makes their team look a lot different. And the Bills, they just so happen to walk into the New York Jets. And the Jets are a good football team. Um, you know, we're talking about Case Keenum here. Case Keenum isn't – he's not a slouch. He can get the job done. He still has Stephon Diggs. He still has the Buffalo Bills offense and defense, right? So, you know, I, I think the Buffalo Bills can afford to rest Josh Allen if you need to because at the end of the day, they're still pushing for the playoffs. The AFC East is still the Buffalo Bills division to lose. You know, you can kind of lose a game like this even though, it, it you know, it, it – it looks it might look bad on paper, but realistically it doesn't because it's an NFC it's an NFC opponent. So it's not it, it may not necessarily affect seeding unless, you know, just outright, you know, it affects that. But you know, like head to head matchups. I do the Bills do the Bills have another matchup with the Jets towards the end of the season? Do they have another game against the Jets? Do we yeah. have they yeah. do? Right. So they can avenge that loss. Um I'm the Bills are only giving up fifteen points a game. Um, Minnesota's averaging 24. 
and, and this is a big time moment for Kirk, but which which Kirk Cousins are we going to get here? Okay. And that's what matters because this is a big time moment. And if Josh Allen does come out, I mean, the, the elbow injury on his throwing arm, it does affect this team, right? Josh Allen is the leader. And Hefe, yes, for what it's worth, he should be. He looks like he's an MVP candidate. Aside from maybe Patrick Mahomes. But this Buffalo Bills team, I think they're going to be okay with or without Josh Allen. If Minnesota wins, which they very, they very well might, if Case Keenum starts, it's going to be okay. Buffalo's still going to come out and win this division. In this game alone, if Case Keenum starts, I, I I will say if Case Keenum starts, I'm going with Minnesota. But if Josh Allen starts, I think that the pressure on Kirk Cousins is going to make him fold and Buffalo wins. Can I can I say that? Can I can I go with that? The the only thing I will say, 2017 Case Keenum. Revenge better be on that man's mind. Because yeah, he a, went I was gonna say the same and three thing. that yeah. season, yeah. and they let they let him go. Yeah. More so of, if he yeah. gets that job and he does not produce for my MVP candidate, I swear to God, I will be on the first flight to Buffalo, New York, and I'm slapping Case Keenum in the face. Buffalo's a pretty boring city, but I mean, you could get that done. I'm, I'll have the return flight within the hour. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. I'm not staying long because it's also very cold, and I don't want to be there. But tell until me. then, <laughs> Trev, man, let me tell me about some props, some some fantasy. Yeah, talk. what you got for me? Let me get into it. So when you were giving that, you know, that very detailed um, example of you going there to smack Case Keenum, you know, why did I imagine something straight up from Family Guy, like Peter Griffin getting on a plane? flying somewhere like super far, going through all this shit just to see someone hit them and be like, that was worth it. And then just come back and just get into his family's like living room and just like they start talking and they start going through the motions. Like he didn't just leave and catch a flying and do something. I just imagined like family guy when he said that. Um, but getting into this matchup, I mean, one of the first things I thought about was the revenge game narrative. Now there's a lot of angles to look at in this game, you know, um, the Buffalo Bills defense is still really good. You know, Josh Allen doesn't play defense. You know, he plays offense. He plays quarterback. So the defense is still, you know, especially um, especially stout, especially strong. Um, the other thing, like you said, I mean, he used to play for this team. You know, um, he probably saw himself being there a little bit longer, especially um, after the season they put in. But they kind of just viewed him as a guy, you know, like anybody could have done it. You know, we put a guy back there and they just they just played. Um he has a lot of history with Stephon Diggs. If you remember, I think that was the connection on what they called at the time the the miracle catch. You know, when when the Diggs, Menina- uh, Men- Menonapolis miracle. Yeah, that that was that was, that was that was Keenum. That was Keenum to Diggs all day. And um, yeah, sure, I'll never I'll never forget that. You know, that was the same year the Eagles ended up winning the whole thing. But I mean, I'll, I'll never forget that moment. It was legendary to me. So um, him and Diggs have a lot of chemistry. I don't think this offense changes too much outside of the rushing potential of the quarterback. I think Josh Allen's rushing obviously uh, extends plays that, you know, break down, um, extend drives, things like that. So they'll be missing that element of it. But in this instance, I mean, I don't think they change from a pass-heavy offense. They're still going to be extremely pass-heavy. I don't think they're going to, excuse me, limit Case Keenum uh, because he's just the backup. I mean, this team likes to throw the ball, throw the ball, and throw the ball some more. Obviously, they run the ball too, but you know Josh Allen, their quarterback, is their top rusher. So 
outside of that, I don't think too many things change. Maybe some dump offs to the running backs, you know. Um, maybe, I don't know. They did trade for Naeem Hines. Um, I think he might come in handy in this particular matchup. But overall, I mean, I think Buffalo wins this game. I think that people don't think that they'll win, but I, I think that they can definitely win the game. I can also see reasons why, you know, um, Minnesota will cover it as well, you know, cover or just straight up win. I can see it on both sides. So I'll say this. I do think Buffalo can still win. I, I think people are just like, oh, man, Josh Allen may not play. Um, it's looking like he may not play. I mean, no spread drops from eight to three. Um, if the star player is just, you know, going to still be playing. I mean, the only way I could see it is like if he's going to be limited. But Josh Allen's not a skill position player. He's in on every offensive snap, you know. So um, for him to be limited in the game doesn't make a lot of sense. So I would lean to he's not playing just because of, you know, the spread movement and everything like that. It could be a trap, but um, I'm going to have to lean Buffalo minus the points still. I mean, we could just potentially be getting discounted and, and things end up just as they would have, you know, they might win by eight or 10 and people are, Oh, the bills are on, you know, there's no stopping the bills, you know, like even with Josh Allen out, they still mop up the Minnesota Vikings, deliver the Vikings, their, uh, their second loss of the season. So this is definitely a game that I'm sure Minnesota is concerned about no matter who the quarterback is, because, you know, their record right now and where they stand and, you know, people could say, well, they haven't played anybody yet. Well, this is somebody. And just because the star quarterback's not there does not mean that this Buffalo Bills team is still not here to to play ball. So um, I lean Buffalo in this matchup, and that's all I lean. Nothing on the props or, you know, fantasy uh, sides in particular. Uh, I think Diggs is going to do Diggs stuff still. <laughs> like, I don't think that's going to change at all, um, in my opinion. I just ordered Buffalo Wings, so I, I too. I'm in support of Buffalo. So there we go. We, we are aligned. So so it looks like we are all in cahoots with uh, Buffalo this week. We might see another. Uh, we might see a Buffalo miracle this week. Uh, we'll see what happens. Let's get it. Let's get into these four o'clock games now, guys. We got the three, five, and one Colts against the two and six Raiders. Man, the Raiders, man, they return home after dropping two straight road games. While the Colts, they look to get back into the win column them, themselves after dropping three straight games. And the Colts, they're still looking to stay in the AFC South race as they got a new head coach in Jeff Saturday. That's their old center too, guys. It's crazy how, how everything just all comes together. But with that said, man, that, that gives the Raiders, they have absolutely no film to prepare. They got no game plan to, to, to get into this. They don't know what Jeff Saturday's about. So you know what? Good luck. I'm going to take the Colts. TP, though, roll me in with some stats. So, look, Deion Jackson is injured. Um, Jonathan Taylor, okay? I, 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 I complain about this every week. You're, the, you're my first pick in my fantasy draft. This is your time, man. I don't know. We, we don't – Las Vegas doesn't have any film on Jeff Saturday's play calling. There's no, you know – Frank Reich just lost his job. It won't. It probably won't be too long until he gets an offensive coordinator job somewhere. But you're, you're coming into this situation with Ted Lasso. I'm sorry, Jeff Saturday. Are you calling um, Ted Lasso? All right, my bad. <laughs> I, you know, maybe maybe we can cue the um we can cue the video of Peyton Manning cussing out Jeff Saturday for calling out plays, and it, it's it's Peyton's job. But realistically, I mean, let 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 let's be serious here, right? 
Las Vegas doesn't have film. They're they're up in disarray, as as Trev used the word earlier. I like that word, disarray. Las Vegas is kind of in a bit of disarray, but they're also very calm about it. Um, Indianapolis, I mean, what do you have to lose now? Okay, what do you have to lose? You just just play football. Just play football. Sam, I don't know how to pronounce his name. What is it? L Ringer, L Dinger. Yeah, L Ringer, L Ringer. I mean, you know, you, you can just go out there and play consciously football. Um, I do think that there's going to be a lot of handoffs to Jonathan Taylor if he's going to be healthy enough to play. And it's going to be a grind-out game. Unfortunately, I've spent a lot of time talking about the Colts, and it's all for naught because I do believe that Las Vegas is going to get this win. I think that they're going to right the ship here. Um, and I do think that Indianapolis, even though they say they're not tanking, I think they are tanking to get a quarterback. They're, they're, you know, they're used to having a great quarterback, Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. So it's they're they're due for a new quarterback to come into play. Um, I think they're tanking and they're trying to hide it. Jeff Saturday has no coaching experience whatsoever, so I'm, I'm going to go here with Las Vegas. I think the Raiders get this stuff here. Okay, Trev, what you got for us? You got any props? Any any fantasy talk? How you feeling? Yeah, so what I envision is that the Raiders win a very close football game, potentially. Um, four and a half points is is, is a lot um, for how the Raiders have played recently, <laughs> to be honest with you. Even though you have a um, a rookie coach, um, rookie interim coach, she was an ESPN analyst uh, a week ago. So, I mean, he's never coached, um, to my knowledge, before, like you were saying, PP. Um yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff going on in the NFL. I mean, you got guys that are way more deserving of jobs, but um, this guy, um, Saturday, is going to get the job with little to no experience. But that's besides the point. They got an NFL game to prepare for. I do believe that the position coaches are just going to coach as they normally would. Obviously, you just got a new guy at the top. I have no idea if this guy's calling plays. I'm sure he's more so of a facilitator i would i would have to think so um at, at this stage and in the campaign but i don't think their offensive scheme changes i don't think their defensive changes their special teams really change either um the really key factor here is the rookie quarterback um how well does he play will he show up in this spot um i don't know from what i've seen he hasn't really shown up at all he lost to the commanders um they lost to new england um it's it's, it's not looking good. Now, the Las Vegas Raiders have played terribly, and they're missing two key offensive weapons and Darren Waller, who's been, you know, dealing with the hamstring issue, issue pretty much all season. And then you have Hunter Renfro, who's also going to be missing this game as well. So, I mean, I lean the Raiders to win. I, I, I can also see the Colts kind of coming in and managing to cover the spread somehow. And then I see, like, next week, uh, you know, just because they cover the spread, people are like, oh, you know, the Colts are covering spreads. And and whatnot, and they just get demolished the following week. So if they manage to cover this four-and-a-half spread, four-and-a-half-point spread somehow, I am going to lay the points with whoever they play um, next week. I really don't care who it is. I'm looking at their schedule, and it looks like they play um, They play the Eagles. They play the Eagles. So <laughs> I kind of do hope they cover the spread because maybe you'll get a little bit of a discount um, next week against the Eagles. And that's, that's one of those spreads you might want to just take early, early and often. I'm sure the Eagles are going to be looking to run it up. Um, 
So that that'll be really interesting. But yeah, this Raiders team is an enigma, man. Um, I never thought that Josh McGann would be the answer because he just has not been good when he's left um, the confines of New England. But I mean, this is terrible. I mean, I understand the division is tough, but this team is not it, man. It is. It is not. It's not it. They're very unserious. So. No player props or anything like that. This will be a watch and observe, you know, just watch and see type of game. You got to learn a lot about how, you know, this this Colts organization is ran because I think they're clear bet against opportunities for this Colts team uh, just going forward. Um, I think they're going to be in disarray uh, very soon. So that's all I got. And you know what? Shout out my guy, Dennis Green. They are who we thought they were. These Raiders, man, they're terrible. But let's get into that other 4 o'clock game. little divisional matchup. We got the 3-6 and six Cardinals at the 3-5 and five Rams. And let me tell you guys something. And I, t- I told you guys this last week. Y'all didn't want to hear me. Hopefully y'all hear me this week. Okay. Kyler Murray. Maybe I should say it slow for you guys. He Spill it out. Looks, Spill it out for us. <laughs> he looks to continue. His absolute dominance in the month of November. Okay. He has a one and six straight up record in November. Maybe somebody out there will hear me this week. But the Rams, they are nine and one straight up against the Cardinals in the last five seasons. Under McVay, the Rams have scored 20 or more points. In 10 out of the last 11 games. But the Cardinals, on the other hand, they own a 10-3 and straight-up record on the road in their last 13 games. With all that said, I'm still picking the Rams. I don't care what the spread is. The spread can be 10. Kyler Murray is garbage in November. I'm going to say it again. Kyler Murray is garbage in November. Shout out Call of Duty. TP. Give us some stats, though, man. Same way I'm disappointed with Marvel not introducing Dr. Doom yet. I'm disappointed with the Cardinals and Rams this season. Um, the season started with Kyler Murray being accused of not really studying the playbooks and film. And what it's looking like is that the Rams are just on an extended hangover, kind of like me, on a Sunday morning after a Saturday and Friday night binge. <laughs> I know a lot about those. Um Matthew Stafford is in concussion uh, protocol, so we may end up seeing John Wolford or Bryce Perkins at the helm this week. And if this is the case, that we can, you know, we can pretty much assume that Arizona can get this win. But I do think if Matthew Stafford gets the start, um, this LA Rams team will find a way to get this win. Um, you know, we have Kyler Murray dealing with a hamstring injury as well as Buda Baker dealing with ankle injuries. They're both questionable. Um, and what from what I saw. And what I heard, um, Matthew Stafford's actually progressing fine during concussion protocol. So, my, my opinion on this is if Matthew Stafford the LA Rams does get this win, despite whether Kyler Murray's terrible in November or not, if Matthew Stafford is not starting, this Arizona team is going to win. Because, I mean, without Matthew Stafford, what are, what are we looking at here? I mean, Aaron Donald could get to Kyler Murray because of the hamstring, and he's not going to be able to be as mobile. So Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey might force turnover. However, I said that a 
couple weeks ago and Jalen Ramsey did nothing. I'm sorry, that's just that last week and Jalen Ramsey did absolutely nothing to change the game. So let me not say that. Um, if Matthew Stafford starts, I like LA. That's how I feel about this game. I like LA with Matthew Stafford starting. All right. Uh, Trev, man, how you feeling? Man, I, I agree with you, Hefe. I mean, Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals in the month of November have just been terrible, and I don't see too many reasons why that trend doesn't continue. You mentioned, uh, both guys mentioned just uh, their opponent this week, the Rams, and the difficulty they've been going through. Hefe, you said you didn't care if it was, you know, minus 10, you know. Um, I do care about that. Um, the Rams haven't really covered huge spread, so I, I probably wouldn't say 10. But um, the Cardinals are a second-half team, for one. They always seem to, like, you know, I remember the game early this year against the Raiders. I think they were just getting destroyed. And then out of nowhere, the Cardinals come come back in. Um, the spread was, like, six. And they uh, not only tied the game up, they went in overtime uh, just due to some, you know, just poor football <laughs> being played. But, yeah, this, this, this these teams um, were expected to be a lot better this year. Um, overall, the Rams weren't supposed to be this bad, but they have so many offensive line issues. They lost players um, last year after the Super Bowl. Um, I really don't see this team winning 10 games, um, but I do think they, they beat the Cardinals. I think I mentioned uh, earlier this week on the pod, um, Thursday episode, that, you know, uh, this potential matchup, or it could have been offline, could have been offline, but – I do remember talking about how I do think this is a winnable game for the Rams. Like, they have not been good at all, but I think this is a game that they can definitely win. So, I still believe that uh, that was when the spread was at one and a half, and I believe it's at three and a half right now, Um, even if there's a different quarterback coming in. Matthew Stafford has not played well. Um, Right now, I think he's more of a name than anything. Um, People hear Matthew Stafford, oh, yeah, you know, he'll do well. You know, Stafford, you know, did this and that last year. He has completely reverted back to, um, at points in time, who he was on the Detroit Lions. And, you know, people always said, you know, just get him out of that system. You know, he'll do better. He'll do better. And it's just like, yeah, like he's he's good. You know, he's, he plays in, you know, spurts. But, like, you know, Detroit Lions weren't losing because they were just so bad. I mean, yes, part of it. But, you know, he was the quarterback there for a long time. And they made the playoffs once. And they lost to, you know, our Cowboys. So, I mean <laughs> – uh, he just seems to have reverted back. You know, he's got the monkey off his back. I mean, to the playoffs, he won big, he won the Super Bowl, and it's just like, I don't know what he's thinking sometimes. I mean, like, he's a lot to throw an interception every game. But um, I lean, I lean L.A. here in this game. Um, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. The Cardinals are actually a part of uh, HBO's new series um, in season, Hard Knocks. So, you know, they have a lot of things going on um, just – you know, added pressure, um, having to make content for a TV program that comes out every week. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a distraction, especially in season. So, um, yeah, I, I lean, I lean LA. It doesn't matter who's starting at quarterback. I still lean LA. Cooper Cup is going to get his, no matter what. So, um, that, that's all I got for this one. Fun fact: When the Cowboys were doing hard knocks, I think I, if I'm not mistaken, the Cowboys went five and eleven three straight years, and we had hard knocks locked in. There was a clip earlier this week released. Um, DeAndre Hopkins and Kyle Murray were having a little bit of a um, disagreement. Inter- exactly. Disagreement. <laughs> style. It was like, like, one, what are you looking at? It was like, oh, okay, here we go. Sorry, I'm <laughs> a little frustrating and a little flustered. Oh, yeah. On you. But I mean, who knows how much is that, how much of that is fabricated, you know, for the cameras and all that good stuff. But mm-hmm. 
yeah, you know, it is what it is. But we all locking in the Rams, it looks like. So, you know what? Let's get right into the finale of it all. We got the Sunday night football game. We got the five and three Chargers against the four and four 49ers. Now, the 49ers are three and three straight up and against the spread after their bye week in the last five seasons. And I mean, that makes sense. Just look at their record, four and four. The Chargers, on the other hand, they look to build off that last second win in Atlanta last week as they travel to San Fran, take on Jimmy G and the 49ers. Well, the 49ers, man, they're still chasing uh, Geno Smith, first place Seahawks. Can the 49ers get over 500 this week? TP. Get us in with some stats, man. Hey, look, this 49ers offense is definitely a lot more potent with Christian McCaffrey. And now we're reintroducing Debo Samuel after injury after this bye. Um, looking at the way their offense is run already with Kyle Shanahan, it can get it can get really ugly for opposing defenses with the trickeration, different handoffs, somebody throwing a ball. And we're we're not we can't forget about Brandon Ayuk. We can't forget about George Kittle. Um, I mean, I know Jimmy G has a history with certain starlets. He may not be able to find Kiara Mia, but I mean, you know, find somebody else, man. I, I know that there's a bunch of people active. Um, the Chargers are giving up the third most points in the NFL right now, and I mean, realistically, they're gonna be they're gonna be missing not only Keenan Allen, but Mike Williams as well. So that means Justin Herbert, again, is going to be short of targets to throw the ball to. He's definitely going to throw the ball to Austin Eckler out of the backfield. But is that going to be enough? Because the San Francisco 49ers defense ranked one in the NFL. They are very stout. Um, this would have been, I think, the first game for the both brothers to play against one another. But, you know, due to injury, we're only going to have one Bose on the field. It's fine. From what we what we were told, what we understand is that the mother, she's going to wear the split jersey again. And she's going to wear the split jersey, both Bosa brothers, even though one of them's gonna, only one of them is going to be playing. But, I mean, if we're going to be honest here, the Chargers are not going to have enough offensively or defensively to stop the San Francisco team. San Francisco quietly, if we're going to talk playoff football, they make the playoffs. This San Francisco team could be a very hard out just like they were last year. This San Francisco team is built to disrupt a lot of offenses and defenses. We're talking about the Eagles being number one in the power rankings. I do not believe that the Philadelphia Eagles have enough to take care of this San Francisco team. If we're going to be honest, if I'm going to be honest about the Dallas Cowboys, our defense is good. Our defense is very good right now. But San Francisco is also very physical. I don't know how physical we're going to be able to get with our offense versus their defense. So, but San Francisco gets this game. Sorry, I, I went off a little bit on tangent. San Francisco gets this game against the Chargers. But I, I started thinking ahead because this San Francisco team is one of those teams that's like, ugh, they are a headache if you have to deal with them. And they're only getting better. Very much so a headache. Trev, man, fill us in. You got any props, any fantasy talk for us? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be quick with this one. I agree with everything TP said. I mean, this team, the way it's constructed, as long as they stay healthy, no major injuries, I think that they could really just turn up in their division and just the NFC in general. Um, seven is a lot of points, but at the same time, 
there's only a few scenarios I can see where the Chargers kind of come in here and, you know, cover, backdoor cover that particular spread. Austin Eckler is so dynamic on offense. Um, I know Justin Herbert will be looking to him early and often, not just to run it, but to pass the football to him as well um, and get some points up. But, yeah, this defense worries me. Um, not having the uh, elite receivers that he's used to throwing to um, worries me for Justin Herbert. So it's it's really hard to take that side. Um, I'm going to have to side with the 49ers. Seventh, a lot of points. But they're playing at home. They play pretty well at home. And uh, this charge team is so beat up. Their coaching staff makes poor, poor decisions in game. So um, that kind of just leads to the fact that, you know, Shanahan and them will – you know, figure out a way to dominate. And I think um, they'll just they'll just be a tough team to beat, really, really tough team to beat. So I like L.A. here. Um, obviously, the guys that, you know, have been starting for fantasy, keep starting them. Um, really no one in particular that I would be looking to to um, start from the Charger side, um, you know, other than, you know, the guys that you should be, Eckler and I guess Herbert as well. You know, Herbert's going to probably do his thing, but I, I look at this game as being – challenging for the Chargers so um yeah I gotta lean with them gotta lean with the 49ers here so it looks like we'll all go ahead we'll ride with the 49ers Jimmy G looks to get over 500 this week well you know what let's get into some Monday night football fellas we got the commandos the four and five commandos going up against the eight and the old eagles these teams man they already met earlier in the season in in uh Washington and the Eagles dominated that matchup 24 to 8. And you know what? I got a little a little quick little Monday trivia for you guys. When's the last time you think the uh these guys split a series? What year was that? 2021, 20, 20, I don't know, 2020. Okay. TP, what you got? 2018. 2018. Well, let me tell you guys something. You're both wrong. It's almost been an entire decade since the since these guys have split a series matchup. We had to go back and look at the 2014 season. Damn. And you know what? Let me tell you something. I don't see that changing. The Eagles, man, they are just dominant on both sides of the ball, unfortunately. And the Commanders, I mean, they've been playing pretty well recently. But let's be serious. They're the Commanders. And they already got they already got rocked at home, ten and a half. I'm surprised this wasn't a college spread. I thought this was going to drop at 17, 16 points. To be honest, that's crazy. I think I got a discount at the ten and a half. <laughs> am I being disrespectful, Commando fans? Because that's what I'm. I, I, I am going to disrespect you. I don't care. Y'all suck. Look, <laughs> When's the last time y'all been relevant? Look, man. I think I was still in school. As a as a Cowboys fan, you you're low key being disrespectful, bro. Yes, bro. Yeah, and you know yeah. what? Extra disrespectful, before I, before man. I go on a tangent because this is a divisional matchup, and as much, I hate both these teams. So before I just go on a complete tangent here, TP, get us in with some stats. The last time they played, you know, Jalen Hurts. Going for about 300 some yards, 300 and some change. He throws TD to Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard. Now, this secondary for Washington hasn't gotten much better, right? However, we may see the debut, season debut, 
of a one Chase Young. Now, Chase Young, aside from Sean Taylor, is the only commander's football player that I've ever respected. Why? Because when it comes to Chase Young, all he wants to do is play football. Now, I do hope that he developed a new move because the reason that he was um, he was ineffective the second year because he didn't develop anything. And so, you know, when you have film on a guy that does full rush, you know, there's not much to, not not much necessary. You're just going to move him out the way. Like you double down and block. What, what are the Cowboys running? We run duo, as we understand, with Zach Meyer. We're running the duo. We're kicking guys out on that halfback dive. You know what I mean? So, but Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, these guys, these, these, these are the big uglies. These are the big uglies for this Washington football team, right? This commander's team. They get after the quarterback, they get after the running back. If they can find a way to annoy Jalen Hurts, I'm going to say this quietly. I'm going to say this very quietly. If they can find a way to disrupt Jalen Hurts, because Jalen Hurts does not do well under pressure at all. There's some quarterbacks that can, you know, that if Jalen Hurts is under pressure and he has to deal with Taylor Heineke, playing a competent game. I'm not saying a great game. Not even a great game. If Taylor Heineke plays a competent game and for whatever reason Darius Slade and Bradbury they struggle a little bit do not be surprised if this Philadelphia Eagles team is in a little bit of a dog fight. What's they said the spread is 10? 10 and a half. 11 basically. Yeah, 11. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a very long limb. I'm going to say Philadelphia wins, but Washington covers. I think that this team, this Philadelphia team, is not all that we think that they are. Okay? A.J. Brown is really good. Jalen Hurts is good, but this Washington front four, front seven, if you give them the opportunity, they're going to bother you. And Taylor Heineke has this Washington offense moving a little bit different than Carson Wentz. So that's my stance on it. You know, uh, TP, real quick, before I turn it to Trev, you said a word. You said the word respect, and I threw a lot of disrespect to these teams. But you said you respect the guy on the commanders. And let me ask you a question. How can you not respect a young man like Brian Robinson? As much as I hate the commanders, how can you not respect a guy like him who gets shot and is already playing football? Well, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to politicize that as this. Um, the attorney general in DC wanted to do. I'm not. I'm not here to play politics. None of that. You know, obviously, I I, I respect the man who's willing to go back on the football field after such a tragedy that took place. Um. You know, it, it's a, it's a very heart heartfelt story for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm not here to politicize that or use that as a talking point. You know what I mean? But Brian Robinson. For what it's worth, he should be the number one running back in Washington. Like had 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 tragedy not, not struck, right? 
he should he should have been the starting running back. Antonio Gibson, after seeing what Brian Robinson is capable of, realized, okay, I need to get myself together. And so he did. They have a little bit of a two-headed monster if utilized correctly. Um, the commanders, I don't think, really know what they're dealing with, what what they have, what they have in, on 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 the forefront. I don't think they really understand. And realistically, if they fire Ron Rivera and get rid of Jack Del Rio and find some competent coaches, they might have to get rid of Scott Turner as well. Wait, Scott Turner's with us? No, Scott Turner's with them. Yes. If they can find a way to replace their coaching staff, this commander's team might be a little bit of a threat. I will say that. All right, well, Trev, man, let's get right into it. Waste no time. How do you feel about this divisional matchup? I feel like the Eagles going to win this divisional matchup. That's what I feel like. Just a matter of by how much. So I'm going to use the same um, – how do I say this? I'm going to use the same uh, similar analysis that I used when I capped the Bills and Jets games last week. So on last week's episode, I mentioned how, you know, those are two divisional teams playing in the division. 11 points was a whole lot of points that you're expecting the um, – the Bills to win by, supposedly. And I was just like, you know, that that's that's a lot of points that they're laying right there. I don't think it'll be that easy, a team you got to play twice a year. And I'm going to use that same analysis when it comes to this matchup. Um, the Bills uh, have been, you know, just so dominant uh, pretty much in every game that they played. The Eagles have been very dominant in uh, most games they've played as well. However, I think they could get up um, and run the score up early. Um, I think there's definitely a scenario where they win about well, 17, 18 points. And I see a scenario where they end up winning, um, you know, by just like 10 points, covering this 10 and a half, 11 point spread. I think by game day, we can see the spread go up to like maybe 12, 12 points or so. I think some money will definitely come in on Washington. So it just matters how determined they, they really want to beat this team. I do think in the division, there should be a concerted effort to destroy your opponent as you can. Uh, but just understand the game, you got to play them you know, at some point later during the season. So, um, yeah, Philly, you mentioned the split, um, how it has never really been a split uh, since like 2014. So it's been quite a while. But um, it's it's tough to cap this one. I mean, the Eagles score a lot of points. And Washington, although they've been playing better, they're, they're not necessarily that often. So I'm not going to pick a side. I do think the Eagles will win, and it'll be up to them if they want to blow them out or or they don't, or they just want to get through the game. It'll be completely up to them, uh, to be honest with you. And the same thing kind of happened with the Houston Texans. I think there was there could have been opportunities to blow them completely out the water, and, and that didn't happen. So I just don't like this because it's in the division. Um, that's a lot of points to lay, even when you're at home. Um, I lean the Eagles, but it's not something that I want to bet on. I think they could def- comfortably win by about, you know, seven points, seven, eight points. All right. Well, looks like we all ride with the Eagles winning, at least for this matchup. And you know what? As us Cowboys fans love to always think, say, whatever, fuck the commandos. <laughs> Excuse me? I don't really care about it. Yeah, I don't think any of us care for him that much either. More, but you know, so we got to talk about him. Anyways, that 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 goes ahead and wraps that up. Let's get right into it. 
TP, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to turn the floor over to you. Let's get right into the moment of silence. Who we got on this uh, on tap today? Ah, so we've had some interesting developments. We've had the birth and rebirth of Twitter, thanks to Elon Musk. And regular civilians were able to pay $8 and get a blue check next to the name. But as we saw, Elon Musk's baby had to be taken out to the shed and put down quietly. Not <laughs> barely 48 hours after the fact, had to put his baby down. So we are going to take a moment of silence with a blue check on Twitter. Yeah, it was it was very sad. It was very chaotic. You know, it was very, very funny, the things that we saw. But it had to be taken out back, put down. Things happen, right? Things happen. Elon, get it the fuck together. Nobody's paying for Twitter, buddy. Nobody nobody really wants to pay for a, a blue check. Like, it's all fun and games. You have, like, you obviously saw the shit show that was the shit storm that was coming your way. <laughs> I'm mistaken yet. We're not leaving Twitter. Yeah, uh, people used to always that. people people used to always say like, "Yo, how is this free? There's so much entertainment, so many memes, everything's so funny." Well, <laughs> you know, you see, um, maybe maybe it shouldn't be free. Maybe it's too much enjoyment, too much entertainment. Um, it's Elon's internet right now. We're all just kind of you know just bystanders to whatever rules he decides to to put into place. Um, hope Twitter figures it out. Um, it looks like they're making a mess of things at the moment, but. Um, I have no idea what to expect next from Twitter or Elon. Uh, I really don't. So, yeah. Well, I mean, this is why I'm. I'm. You can't find me on there. I'm not. I don't tweet. I. I don't have the Twitter thumbs. I won't be tweeting nothing. With that said, though, man, TP, the floor is back to you once again. And I and and world needs to know. Who should we bet against this week? TP, who is your playmaker of the week? Who should we bet against or who should we bet on? No, no, you heard me right. Okay. So who should we bet against? Um, This is going to sound pretty intense. Who you got? Okay. So I was on Twitter, ironically, earlier this week, and I saw a tweet. Said, what is what is the worst heartbreak you've experienced with your favorite team. And only one thing came to mind. It was Dez caught it. No, he didn't. So this is where I stand. My playmaker of the week, it's not going to be on the offensive side of the ball. We're going to go in a different direction. We're going to go defense here. My defensive player of the week is going to be Micah Parsons. It's about time for Aaron Rodgers to ride off into the sunset. <clears throat> going to be the one to saddle up the horse for Aaron Rodgers. Michael Parsons, do what you do best because the line is <laughs> hungry. 
with that old man. Put him down. Peacefully, of course. Peacefully. We'll put him down. Michael Parsons is going to be my friend. That really you know. Jefe, make that phone call. And let him know. I, I, trust me, I will be tagging him di directly on here, and I will be I will be letting him know exactly what you said. And now that you said what you said, why don't we just go ahead and get right into it, fellas? We here for one reason and one reason really only because we love them, Dallas baby. Let's get right into the Dallas Cowboys football while we're at it. The six and two Dallas Cowboys against the three and six Green Bay Packers. And you already know how I'm feeling. We about to pack, pack, pack them up. Yes, sir. Dallas, man, we four and one straight up and against the spread off the bye week in the last five seasons. And that just puts a smile on my face. And you know what else does? Aaron Rodgers. You know why? Because he's lost five straight. <laughs> Things ain't looking good for him. But you know what really, what really irks my nerves? Dak came into this league, and he was on fire, man. I know y'all remember. He lost that first game of the season, and most people don't even remember that because he ripped off so many straight wins after that. People have forgotten he won. He started the season 0-1. I mean, that's just a figment of our imagination. But during that span, during that stretch in his rookie season, we played these Green Bay Packers, and Dak won that game. But it's been heartbreaking ever since, like TP mentioned. We've had some heartbreaking losses ever since because he has dropped three straight games, two regular season, one playoff against that man. But you know what? I had Michael on the phone earlier, and I told him we was doing this later. And he told me, he said, tell TP. And see, I had to save this for you. He said, tell TP, name me. And you did just that. So. TP, you got a winner this week. Let me just let you know early. I don't have to call him back. I don't have to call him back because he's already ready. He's hungry. He's ready. He wants another forced fumble touchdown because he wants to show the world that he can not only play defense, but he can scoop and score like a running back. So – not only do I believe that Michael Parsons is going to be prepared, but due to an injury to Anthony Barr, Damone, Damon, Damone, Clark, Damon, Clark, Damone, Trev, Damone. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Okay, well, Mr. Clark out of LSU, he's going to get some playing time this week. I think he's going to be chomping at the bits. <clears throat> I think this. <clears throat> I think this defense has seen enough film. I think Mike McCarthy has a bit of a grudge, given how Aaron Rodgers has treated him. Even though those two won a Super Bowl together, um, I think that this defense is really going to get after Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been struggling. He doesn't really have a target for the ball to. <clears throat> um, now, the scary part for me is that Aaron Rodgers has lost some you know, X amount of games straight. So he's going to try to have one of those bounce back games against the Cowboys. But this, this, 
the energy that the Cowboys are bringing this year is a little bit different than in years past. Dak also in the regular season tends to perform well. Now, Zeke is questionable this game. If Zeke is questionable, that's fine. I do think Tony Pollard is enough to carry the load. Um, it's very, also very interesting to see what's going on in the, you know, with the press in this Odell Beckham situation. I think what it sounds like or what it's sounding like is that we're just waiting on a physical to be cleared. And we're just looking for a game for Odell to come back to. But that's aside the point. This Cowboys team seems to be no nonsense. If we remember from an offseason, Michael Parsons was supposed to have a segment on um, Undisputed. Undisputed. Yeah, I always, I always mix it up, Undisputed. I'm, I'm, I'm interrupted. But he's supposed to have a segment with Undisputed. I don't think Michael Parsons has been on yet. And it just shows to the maturity, the, 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 the change in temperature, the change in climate, this Dallas Cowboys team, right? We lose that. We're, our season's supposed to be over. Yet we're here at six and two. Um, we're not we're not too far off from being one of the dominant teams in the NFC. And I think the way that we play the game of football is conducive to success later on this season. We run the ball, very physical, offensive line bullies you, defensive line and linebackers get in your face, and you can't throw the ball on us. Um, this game against Green Bay is going to be a tone setter for the rest of the season. That's what I believe. I believe if we can come out and just dominate this game the way that we should, it's going to, you know, a lot, a lot of people are going to like, oh, Aaron Rodgers had a bad season anyway. But I think that's one of those humps that we have to get over. Aaron Rodgers is one of those humps that this Cowboys team has to get over. If we can just bury him, like not like not not even trying to be this way, but we can just put Aaron Rodgers in the dirt. I think this Cowboys team is going to take a step forward, and it's going to be a different situation for the rest of the NFC. Um, I think Philadelphia is going to have their hands full with a team like San Francisco, a team like Dallas with Dak playing quarterback and not Cooper Rush. I think Minnesota has an issue with teams like San Francisco. Dallas, because these teams are just very physical. These teams are just very, I'm going to beat you up. There's nothing you can do about it. If we don't have any issues, but we don't have to run into San Francisco early, I think that we have a chance to really make a mark in the NFC. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a rant, but that's just how I feel. It's all good. Let that Cowboys talk flow. Trev, man, how you feeling? I know you chomping at the bits to talk to us. Let me hear you. Yeah, I'm going to get quick and to the point. Big game for us. Big, big, big game. And this is an opponent, Green Bay Packers, that have owned us recently. They really, really have owned us. So it's a big game in terms of we've got our head coach returning to Green Bay. It's a big game because of our recent uh, record uh, battling Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. And it's one of those things that we've been itching to get over this hump for quite a while, quite a while. Um, but going into this matchup is very different from years in the past. You know, Green Bay, they've lost five straight. They just lost to the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff last week. So that kind of shows you where the season is at. I don't want that to be something that this team looks at as, oh, this will be easy. 
an easy victory. Um, the spread is sitting at four and a half right now. And I don't think it will be something this team is looking at as easy because I'm sure the head coach has probably, you know, just all throughout the week has, you know, have told them, like, look, this is going to be one of those games where, you know, don't just because of how they played so far, like, you know, don't, I coached it for a long time. I know the culture. I know everything that's happened, Um, you know, and, and Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately, he just happens to get up for uh the Dallas Cowboys for whatever reason. Um, so I do think there, this is a game that's been circled, especially by Mike McCarthy. So hopefully he's able to, uh, get his players hyped up and ready for this matchup. Uh, four and a half on the road is, I I guess a lot for someone coming into Green Bay, but it's it's also one of those matchups that on paper, we look so much better than this team. And then just the eye test too, how well they played and how well the defense has played. So I didn't want to do this, but I'm going to lean Dallas. Um, I do think the rest will probably, you know, call some interesting calls um, just to get Green Bay into the end zone. Um, just, you know, set up things so they, they look pretty good. But um, that's what worries me. I, but I do think Dallas should win this game. I think they should win convincingly. I think there's motive to win convincingly as well. I think Aaron Rodgers could care less about Mike McCarthy right now because he's dealing with so many issues in-house. But Mike McCarthy is very concerned about beating Aaron Rodgers. I, I really believe that, um, especially in his current state. So, yeah, I got to go with Dallas right now. I think there's just a concerted effort, um, you know, for former coach to beat his uh, quarterback that got him out of town. You know, he was like, yo, he doesn't use stats or analytics. He's old. He's a dinosaur. You know, he can't call plays. Let's get him out of here. And, you know, to Aaron's credit, he's won a couple MVPs since then, but not too much else. So. Uh, Eileen Dallas, I hope the boys uh, take care of business convincingly during America's game of the week. Well, you know what I got to say to that. Pack, pack, pack them up, fellas. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Packers pack. (laughs) Yes, sir. We about to go to Green Bay smoking some Packers pack. Well, you know what, though? Until then, you know, you're going to catch us. Thursday, we got a we got the Pats again. This time they're gonna be at they they still gonna be at home, but this time they're gonna play the Tennessee Titans, and we'll get into that real soon. Don't you worry. Until then, this is El Jefe. I am out. TP, don't piss me off. I'm not pissing you off. Hey, look, we've talking about Buffalo. I got some Buffalo wings coming up. You know what it is? TP's out here. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Triple Foul Podcast. This is your host, Trev. Come check us out on our very next episode, which should be debuting on next Thursday. Until then, um, yeah, have a great week. Enjoy some football. All right.